Let's turn in our Bibles to Psalm 2. The second psalm, as it's called in the book of Acts. And it presents our Lord Jesus Christ as King. And I hope that you'll enjoy every word of it. Psalm 2, it's quoted three times in the New Testament. Hebrews chapter 1, Acts chapter 13, Acts chapter 4. And we read it together this morning. Let us all rise at the reading of God's holy word. Together. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill Zion. I will declare the decree the Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron, thou shalt cast them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings, be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear, and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry, and ye perish from the way, when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Jesus Christ is king, in spite of all the efforts of men to keep him from king, in spite of all the efforts of men to restrain and restrict his kingdom. We can read the book of Acts and find out that this psalm is applied to King Herod, Pontius Pilate the governor, all the rulers of the Jews, the high priests, and the chief high priest, because that's how it's applied in Acts chapter 4. So when we read the first few verses about the kings of the earth and the rulers of the people taking counsel together, we understand all the counsel that took place, especially in a 24-hour period before our Lord was crucified. King Herod, remember, Pilate sent the Lord Jesus bound to him. Pontius Pilate, the governor of the Romans, and all the rulers of the Jews did not want the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll show you this morning in a parable of the Lord Jesus Christ, where Jesus said, they said of him, we will not have this man to reign over us. Too late, too bad, because he's king anyway, and he crushed them for their obstinate, rebellious wickedness against the son of David. He fulfilled the prophecies of their Old Testament so perfectly that there was no way to deny that he was the Messiah of God, the son of David. 
And so we come further into this psalm and we see that God in verse 4 laughs at their rejection of His kingdom. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ laughed at the efforts of the Jews to overthrow their kingdom. It was, it was great pleasure to God to take the kingdom away from them and give it to us poor Gentiles. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath. Remember, the king was wroth and sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them. Vex them in his sore displeasure. And who is under consideration? The Jews that crucified the Lord Jesus Christ and said, as verse 3 tells us, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. What does the Lord have to say about all of that? In verse 6, yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. Forty days after the Lord, 43 days after the Lord Jesus Christ was crucified, he was set down at the right hand of power. Far above all principalities and powers, might and dominion, thrones and every name that is named, not only in this world, but in the world to come. Forty-three days after they crucified him. Forty-three days after they crucified him, he was given the hosts of heaven as his armies. He was given the angelic host as his servants. He was given all power in heaven and in earth because he was Zion's king. Didn't matter what the nation of Israel wanted to say about him. It didn't matter that they were so wicked and devil-possessed that they said to Pilate, we have no king but Caesar. They hated Caesar, but they hated Jesus Christ more. And so the Lord Jesus Christ, here we read, God speaking of him, yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. We have a king, brethren, and his kingship, his office, his throne, his power, his might, his rule over his enemies has never been in doubt. And this message that I am preaching to you this morning and this evening was preached in all the world for a witness to all nations before 70 A.D. so that all Gentiles and all Jews in all places would know that Jesus Christ is King because He foretold in minute detail exactly what He would do to those rebels. And He did it. We have a King. And He's our Savior And he came and sought us Gentiles while we were worshiping stumps, sticks, stones, and the host of heaven in various places on the earth. He sent his servants to find us and bid us to the wedding feast. I hope you're thankful this morning. We have a king and a savior. Because God hath made that same Jesus whom the Jews crucified, both Lord and Christ. Amen. Verse 7 tells us, I will declare the decree... The Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Most theologians take verse 7 of Psalm 2 and say this decree was uttered in eternity past with the eternal sonship of Jesus Christ. Wrong. Very wrong. Others say that this verse was fulfilled when Mary had a son named Jesus without the aid of a man. Wrong. Very wrong. This verse was fulfilled when Jesus Christ rose from the dead and ascended into heaven because that is how the New Testament applies it twice 
Acts chapter 13, Hebrews chapter 1. God said, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. I have raised you to the place of preeminence as my firstborn son because of the resurrection. The resurrection declared Jesus of Nazareth to be the Son of God in a way that He had not been shown yet. But when He raised Himself from the dead and was set at God's right hand, then this decree was fulfilled. Paul applies it that way in Acts 13 and Hebrews 1. And then he goes on to describe the great inheritance that He's going to give the Lord Jesus Christ of all the heathen. And do you know where we fit into that eighth verse? We are the heathen. We are the heathen. We're the Gentiles. We're the ones that did not know God and we were without God and without hope in the world. But the Lord Jesus Christ broke down the middle wall of partition between us by the blood of His cross and has saved us Gentiles. And He sent His servants, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to compel us to come into His kingdom. And we are here in His kingdom by His great mercy and by the preaching of His gospel. Jesus Christ would break the nations in pieces, which He has done since the Roman Empire, There has not been and there will not be another empire like the Roman Empire and the Roman Catholic Church that came out of its ruins because Jesus is ruling with the rod of iron, breaking the geopolitical map of the world into shivers, as the Bible describes them. Little pieces of broken pottery. The advice to all kings, verse 10, be wise. You are dealing with the king of kings. Be instructed. Ye judges of the earth, because you are dealing with the judge of heaven and earth and hell. Verse 11, serve the Lord with fear. We are here this morning not having casual worship, not having contemporary worship, because we're told that acceptable worship is worship that is done with godly fear. We want to fulfill that 11th verse. But I want to tell you, my brothers and sisters, and the fellow citizens of the kingdom of heaven, that though we tremble before the Lord with fear, we do it with rejoicing. Rejoice with trembling. Verse 12, kiss the sun. We want everything we do today to be a kissing of the sun. As we sing, kiss the sun. As we pray, don't let your mind wander. Kiss the Son of God. Kiss the sun. And that is to kiss His feet. That is to kiss Him in humble subjection to His rule. That is to kiss Him as a sovereign. That is to kiss His hand and beg for His mercy. Kiss the Son lest He be angry. Because the Son of God that we worship does get angry. I don't care what the rest of the world wants to say. They can say whatever they wish and they can watch their left behind movies forever for those that want to take the prophecies that have been fulfilled and jam them out into a worthless future. Because they don't want to worship Jesus as king. But Jesus is king. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and ye perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. In 70 AD, it was not kindled a little. It was kindled a lot. The wrath had come at that time upon them to the uttermost. 1 Thessalonians 2, which we'll see shortly. But let's kiss the son. Every song that we sing, every prayer that we make, every word that is spoken from this pulpit, hear it, believe it, and humble yourself before the Lord Jesus Christ, because that is what this psalm ought to do for us. Blessed are all they 
that put their trust in him. He is a great king and a sovereign over his enemies, and he'll crush them and grind them to powder. But he is a loving savior to those that put their trust in him. He will take a Mary Magdalene and protect her for eternity that puts her trust in him. Let us love the Lord Jesus Christ this morning.